when you think about not just, you know, business and careers and aspirations, but just life in general, I think it's the connection with people that makes it worthwhile. So for me, like I love to learn about people. I love podcasts like you're doing um, with this. You know, I love talking. One of my favourite things is just deep and meaningful conversations late at night with people. I love to find out what makes people tick, what they think about, what they enjoy even differing opinions, I love to understand why people think the way they do. And I also love when people are passionate about an idea or they have a business, they have a a product, a creation, a service. When people get really passionate about the thing that they can offer to others, I absolutely love to get on board and help them elevate that through the right communication and marketing and and getting those, um, those new ideas and those things into the hands of people who could really benefit from it. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials, here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast. This week, a very special soul, the beautiful Lizzie Hennebury is going to be in your ears with some of the most beautiful information, stories, feedback, growth moments, how she's overcome adversity and challenge, and also what she does in the business world. She's a qualified, experienced, and awarded marketing and communications professional who just has a way with words and a penchant for planning. She works in both traditional and digital media and is particularly skilled in brand and communication strategy, content writing, public relations, and social media. In this ever-changing world and platform, I think you'll find that where this woman goes with her life and her story, you will feel in very safe hands, not only if you engaged her from a business perspective, but also just following her as a trailblazing woman. She's uh, through living and studying and working on the Sunshine Coast for most of her life. She is passionate about supporting this region and in helping generate opportunities for local businesses through her executive committee roles, not only on the Sunshine Coast Businesswoman's Network, but also the Sunshine Coast Chamber Alliance. We love to welcome any people that visit the sunny coast and it's women like Lizzie that make it very easy for you to slot in however and wherever you are. This beautiful soul has partnered with businesses in various industries across the country and has a positive track record of creating strategies that deliver on objectives. She also works with a number of charities, supporting fundraising events and activations that deliver much needed services to those in need. She's a beautiful soul inside and out. You're going to love the fact that she loves sparkly shoes, espresso martinis and Vietnamese banquets and You'll also love the fact that she married her high school sweetheart. She can peel a prawn in five seconds and she rode a donkey in Santorini. (laughs) You're going to love today's show. I cannot wait to hear your feedback. All the ways in which you can reach out to Lizzie is in the show notes, but you can also comment on my Instagram page, Kim Morrison 28 or on Facebook, Kim Morrison Training, or head on over to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash self-love podcast. You can also send a message to me at my kimmorrison.com website and any questions, thoughts, feedback, 
and comments are also very welcomed. Please continue to share this. Give it a five-star rating. It allows podcasts like this to get into the ears of many other extraordinary souls who absolutely love hearing stories like today. And I can assure you this one's going to maybe bring you to tears, but it's also going to fill your heart, mind, body, and soul with all the love and magic that we deserve. Take care. Be kind. As you are well aware, every week I get the opportunity to interview an extraordinary being, someone who inspires me, someone who does work that really does bring communities and people together, but also really highly skilled. And this week is no exception. I want to welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the beautiful Lizzie Hennebury. Welcome, sweetheart. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you and I have known each other for quite some time. I am very proud to say we're both here on the sunny coast. You have an incredible skill set around all the things that you do, particularly around communication, writing, public relations, and social media. But before we get into all of that, how on earth did Lizzie get into all of this? Where are you from? Can you give us a background as to what led you into doing what you do today? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I this is not the career that I originally thought I was going to be in. I wasn't one of those kids who knew straight away what they were going to be when they grew up. And I think I'm still figuring it out every day as we go. <laughs> um, I don't think I'm a grown up yet. Um, but, <laughs> you know, married with two children, have a business, but I'm not a grown up yet. <laughs> but um, I, you know, I was born in Adelaide. And I moved to the Sunshine Coast when I was only, you know, three years old, I think. And I did all my schooling on the coast and was very much, um, I, I was definitely an academic and a scholar. I loved to people please and get all my good grades and, and do all those things. And so I, and I was actually reflecting on this the other day when I was talking with a university graduate who wanted some guidance on on careers. And I said to her, it doesn't always go the way you think. And, you know, when you're younger, you go, okay, we'll start school and we'll do primary school. Then we do high school and then you go off to university and then off you go and get a job. And it, the the difference between going from primary school to high school and then high school to university is when you then leave university, your job isn't just there on the doorstep waiting for you. It's like, here you go, Lizzie, you've ticked all the boxes and you're at this level now. Because uh, when I graduated university, the global financial crisis hit and um, no one was really offering jobs in the space that I wanted to be in. And at that time, I thought I wanted to be in tourism and events and hospitality. And I do, I absolutely do love that. So there is an element of my work that involves those things. But I decided when the global financial crisis was happening was that maybe I should just go back and learn some more at university. So I went back and uh, did a postgraduate degree and then that and then opened up some doors for me with meeting um, people getting some work experience landing my first job in a traditional advertising agency and then I went from there to a digital marketing agency which I loved this whole new world of digital media and social media and lots of cool stuff and lots of fun people to work with there too and then I ended up going to work for myself and that was fun, whole new learning curve too, but then reaching back out to the contacts that I had made previously in the industry and also back from my university days. So um, one of my tutors when I did my postgrad degree in PR um, is now my business partner, but over the last seven years we've kept in touch and worked on projects together. So it's kind of been a bit of a a journey of figuring out where do I want to be, who do I want to help, and and who am I going to connect with to make that happen. So 
it has been a bit of a fun journey and not what I originally thought when I was in high school. Actually, you know, originally I thought, do you know what sounds fun? International businesswoman. That sounds fabulous. I'm going to go study international business. And then when I started that, I realized it was very political and a lot of stuff that my brain just didn't want to process. And I thought, oh, nah, not for me. (laughs) Maybe I'll just do tourism events and then I'll go back and do some marketing and then I'll just travel the world as my marketing star. I've always got this grand vision of what I'm going to look like as I'm doing my things. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know why that is, but I guess that's just the creative um, aspect of me and the storytelling nature of what I'd like to do. (laughs) <laughs> Look, I tell you, there is an incredible story in there and I know you brush over it quite lightly and I'm always curious and, and astounded by people sharing their story because it's kind of like we just brush it off. But this is phenomenal and also highlights to me the importance of relationships and how you've almost done this full circle, as you say, coming back to where it all began for you in university days to now be in partnership with one of your tutors. I mean, communication, relationships, connection, collaboration, these are all very powerful words. What's so important to you about those ideals around connection, communication, and relationships? I think for me that when you think about not just, you know, business and careers and aspirations, but just life in general, I think it's the connection with people that makes it worthwhile. So for me, like I love to learn about people. I love podcasts like you're doing um, with this. You know, I love talking. One of my favourite things is just deep and meaningful conversations late at night with people. I love to find out what makes people tick, what they think about, what they enjoy even differing opinions, I love to understand why people think the way they do. And I also love when people are passionate about an idea or they have a business, they have a a product, a creation, a service. When people get really passionate about the thing that they can offer to others, I absolutely love to get on board and help them elevate that through the right communication and marketing and and getting those those new ideas and those things into the hands of people who could really benefit from it. And I I just do think it is in communication that we can form stronger relationships and relationships with people is the essence of life for me, really. Well, it is, and you're dead right, not only from a business perspective, but certainly in a social uh, perspective, because as humans, we are social creatures. Mm. What has changed in your lifetime, uh, I find interesting, is that whole thing around social and digital media. So in your perspective, having come through, and I'm imagining that you were aware of life before social media, um, but also now traversing our ways through it, the landscape seems to change each and every year. What do you think are the main things that have changed for you, even in the last 10 to 12 years, that social media has become such a prevalent way of communication? Many would say we get more disconnected. Others would say it helps us to stay very connected. What do you think are the pros and cons of this new age way of communicating? Yeah, look, it certainly has changed a lot. And I do remember when I was doing my degree at university that we had nothing to do with social media. I think Facebook had just been created and I thought, oh, I don't know if I want to sign up for Facebook. I'm more of a MySpace girl, if anyone remembers that social media platform. (laughs) 
And then I think I remember joining and going, oh, yeah, this isn't too bad, but it had nothing to do with my degree or my career at that point. And then it all started to unfold and very quickly um, from a, you know, a, a working perspective, we've had to learn and adapt and move. And I I do consider it uh, a fantastic medium to stay connected, but there is also great potential for miscommunication, for people to misunderstand. And I think that's where, you know, there is a role for people in a professional capacity to help others with social media as just as with any other communication platform because not everyone understands the nuances or the the etiquette of how you should be communicating in these spaces and there's certainly a different language even. And with hiring um, younger people now for our business, they have their own sort of language that I'm getting them to translate for me. And, you know, it's like, does that mean that it's good? Does this mean that it's bad? What does slay mean? And what are we talking about? So there's a whole lot of stuff to learn, but it is very fast paced and moves. But people tend to focus from a business perspective on how can I beat this algorithm and what's the tech behind these trends and what can we do to, you know, get ourselves on top. But I still bring it back to the foundation of it is about people. It is about socializing. So if you think about how how do people communicate and what are they trying to communicate in the positive aspects it's definitely great for connecting families who live in different countries and different regions you know i've got family group chats with my cousins who are in the uk the us and new zealand and australia and we're able to stay so very connected in our everyday lives even though we live miles apart um, but at the same time, you see terrible things happen with, you know, political events and misinformation and other things like that. So, but I mean, would the same thing happen on different platforms just because this is social media? Does it mean it's, you know, the devil? No, I don't think so. But I think people just need to remember that they are communicating with other people, not just, you know, other devices or keyboards and and miscellaneous, you know, we have to remember that we are people all communicating together and to be kind, I think, is the central piece of that. Oh, gosh, I couldn't agree with you more. You, you know, I've just watched the Beckham documentary on Netflix and what he went through when he did a silly thing on the field, obviously reacted to um, some kind of intimidatory kind of process on the field and then was absolutely annihilated. But to run onto the field and people booed you every time you touched the ball, they yelled out the most hideous things to you. And this went on for months. You and I both know that whilst the, the beauty of social media is there, even real life, people think that they can be brazen in crowds or sit behind a keyboard and really hurt people. At the end of the day, as you said, we still connect, we're still communicating with humans. What is it that you've seen that gives people or makes people feel they have the right to say such nasty or negative things? I want to clear this before we get into the positives because there's a lot of concern, especially for parents and I imagine for teenagers and young people, any of us, if there's something awful said, people don't know us, but yet they still seem to say really hurtful personal things. What is your thoughts around that and how do we protect ourselves? I think it's the fact that there's really no repercussion for the person saying the awful thing. You know, you wouldn't say that whatever, you know, whatever negative comment it is, people would very unlikely say it to someone's face if they're in the same room because they would cop the reaction. You know, they would have to deal with this person's emotion or whatever would happen off the back of it. But when you type it, you click send, 
done there's no there's no repercussion for you there's no punishment if anything there's a little kind of feeling of satisfaction like yeah got him that's what I said you know going to puff yourself up but there's no one to tell you or drag you down especially if you never go back and read the comments back again but there is you know I suppose though on the other hand there is the element of another community uh, you know, community voice that will fight back for people and support them but it's I, I guess it's just the fact that you, you can send a message and walk away and not have to deal with it but for the other person receiving it can be so terribly you know disheartening I have even got to the point where there's clients who have these brilliant uh, ideas and products to put forward and they're actually scared to launch on social media because what if someone doesn't like it? What if there's a negative comment? And so we actually have to form with part of our communications plans is crisis and issues management plans for social media, not because we think the client will ever do anything wrong or that there's anything wrong with their product, but just for the fact that they may get scooped up in something with the industry or someone might find, um, you know, their own version of a, an issue or they might just have, you know, have a bad day and decide to just go on a rampage. And I have clients with genuine fear of, you know, fear of launching because what if they get crushed on social media and that for me is devastating because they've got brilliant ideas products and services that could really help people but they're scared to deliver it because someone might be mean on socials <laughs> I, I totally get it i i that is probably one of my greatest fears you said at the beginning you were a people pleaser and therefore you know wanted to get high achievement and do grades and do well i'm a little mm. bit the same but it is really awful when people don't fully understand you or perhaps take the time to read or, or hear you. I know for many people, they choose not to say their personal feelings on Facebook or socials because of that. But the reality is we all have a voice and freedom of speech seems to have been very much taken away even on a social platform. And particularly from a political point of view, we've only seen this over the last four or five years but it seems to be also that unless you adhere to a certain way of thinking, you're not allowed to say what you think. I knew of one woman in particular who photographed beautiful births and amazing breastfeeding and just the beautiful women's form. And yet she was taken off Instagram as it was considered inappropriate. I yeah. find that interesting. She has since been brought back on. But what do you think? Who's making the rules? And therefore, is it freedom of speech or is it so long as we adhere to a certain way of saying things? That Yeah, it's who's behind making those rules is difficult because it's a changing beast, really. <laughs> there's algorithms. There are some people in the background, but there's it's also like what shows up in your feed and who you associate with is kind of dictated by what you start to talk about, what you research, what you comment on, what you engage on. It's the more you focus on one particular topic, the more you're going to get served that topic and the more people around you who are into those topics are going to become your online community. And then if you change your mind about something you speak out differently, then it's going to, you know, that, that online community will react to it. But I do also find that if you, you know, you make friends, you make business connections, you connect with people on social media platforms and you start with just sharing, here's me at a restaurant and here's me and my family out at the beach. And then all of a sudden you notice these people that, you know, you know maybe they're acquaintances of yours, not necessarily close friends, starting to share things about their political, religious or other opinions. And you think, oh, actually, 
I don't know that we uh, should be friends anymore because I don't think I believe in that, you know. And some people might just think, okay, we'll scroll past that or we might unfriend. Other people, you know, get their back up and start responding and giving their opinion. So it really does just depend on people's personality types. But what I, you know, what I do love about social media, though, and how I've worked out how the algorithm will work is, you know, the more, for example, in a nice positive positive option, the more you look at cute videos of smiling bunnies, the more smiling bunnies you're going to get in your feed. So yes, we all need more smiling bunnies. Right? <laughs> so if you then go, you know what, I think I'm done with the bunnies, let's go look at some sweet elephants, you can actually change what gets served up in your social feed by changing your own behaviour. So if you choose not to engage in the negative um, negative conversations, if you choose to seek out different things, then the algorithm will follow your behaviour. So you can start to weed out the things you don't want to see and see more of the things you do want to see. But I Unfortunately, all that nastiness still is there, but you can try to work to remove yourself from it. Yeah, I love this. I'm really interested in the sense that we can change that logarithm and I have noticed that and it's almost like you feel like Big Brother's watching and listening to everything you say and do because all of a sudden there's an ad for something or a post on something or a sponsored post. I'm loving this, that we can actually push our feed into being more of what we want it to be. I'm really happy to hear that. I didn't realize it and I certainly didn't understand it, but now that makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit then from your perspective. I want to go a little bit more personal. You started out at university, you did your degree, you went back and learned some more thanks to the GSC, Mm -hmm. but you've also married and and become a mum of two beautiful girls. How have you managed the juggle of understanding the growth of the industry you've chosen to be in, which is really super fast paced. Mm. You've also collaborated and joined forces. You're a mum, you're a wife. How on earth does Lizzie Hennebury do it all and still keep <laughs> smiling? Yeah. <laughs> I'll start by saying I didn't figure it out straight away and I have. I think I'm on the right track now, but it wasn't one of those things where it just came easily to me and I think it stems back to what I said at the beginning being you know a bit of a people pleaser and certainly a perfectionist and I just wanted to give everything 150 percent but when you try and do that in every aspect of your life the numbers just don't add up you you run out of gas so um and I decided though that that didn't that wasn't the case for me <laughs> I decided that you know but I just if I just push a little bit more then I can make it all work and I can have it all but that came at the expense of my health. Um, and I found that I was I was just trying to do too many things all at once and not in the most effective and sustainable way. So I actually did go, uh, I did hit, you know, burnout level. I, I got there and I had to bring myself back and figure out how, how am I going to move forward with my life and how can I design the life that is actually going to serve me and my family and enable me to do my work. Because the the full-time hustle and then trying to keep up with all the social commitments and be there for my family, it, it just, you know, it only goes so far. And then you kind of hit a, you hit the wall and you, you can't really push through unless you change direction or change to do something else. So that was a whole lot of learning for myself around how I was going to structure my life, but also dealing with other um other, you know, family and emotional things that all kind of, I feel like there was a three or four year period where 
I was tested on just about every level and I had to, yeah, had to change a lot. And then I've have finally worked out the way now where I don't have to be all things to all people, but I do have to make sure that me, uh, that I'm taking care of myself first and then I can choose where I'm going to spend my time and energy helping others and enjoying my time with my family and even myself. Jeez, you're talking my language now. <laughs> you know that I absolutely love the idea of women being able to have it all, but also men and women, of course, but also the fact that being a mum, that there is something that changes our physiology, our mindset, our, I guess the lioness comes out from a protection point of view and a real mother instinctual process occurs where our children come first. That is natural. But when we have our business where clients and customers come first or our team needs our attention, then Mm. on top of that, you've got to give yourself to your husband, our partners, family, siblings, Mm. whatever it is. As you say, it takes its toll. Where was Lizzie's rock bottom? You said you went through a three or four year period What was the rock bottom moment for you and what was the aha that you just knew you had to change? And maybe you could explain to us what it was that you did, because this is the part that most of us women really want to try and grasp and understand, hopefully before we hit rock bottom. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and I think I, I call it my kitchen floor moment. And I think you've had a bathroom floor moment. Is that right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think we could have joined forces from yeah, both rooms. Right. <laughs> so oh, the kitchen floor was um, where I found myself, where I realised that I needed change and I needed help. Um, but the, the, where I got to, to end up on the kitchen floor, I think that, um, and, and this whole time frame is a bit of a blur in my brain around like when things, um, you know, happened, what sequence, but the whole you know, compounding uh, all the, all the shit really. <laughs> Beat me out if you need to, but all the shit that piled on went from we had actually um, we were expecting a baby boy, and uh, I was seven months pregnant and just went in for a regular checkup, and then they found that there was no heartbeat, and at that moment my whole world shifted because the I. I didn't mean to, but I absolutely did blame myself for that whole uh, situation. I thought I'm I'm the mother, the baby was growing in me and now he's not and I just took internalised all of the guilt and all the shame and everything around that. And then we'd also had other deaths in the family with uncles and grandmas and we had um, business things going on and we had um, just everything all at once and I kind of just ended up on the kitchen floor just going, I can't do anything and I can't be there for anybody. Um, I just am, I'm tapping out. I'm laying on the floor and I don't want to get up. And so that, I don't even know what time frame that was of me just internalizing, taking on all of the guilt, doing all of the things, and then just Try, I guess I was trying also. Oh, we were also renovating our house. <laughs> I just so many things. What else was going on? The house is half done, and and I'm trying to keep work going, and I'm trying to be there for. We had our first daughter Layla. She was not quite two at that point, so we had a little baby running around who who needed my love and attention, and my husband was aching as well, and you know, and I was hurting, and he was hurting, and she was there not really understanding. The house was half done. I still had client work coming in because I hadn't figured out 
what was going on with my work and trying to push through and just distract myself and go, well, okay, this shit thing happened, but we'll deal with it. Keep moving forward. And I, I actually, I just was pushing, pushing, pushing everywhere and then realized there was nothing left in me to keep pushing. And then it was just laying on the floor going, no, this is it. And, and my health after that too, like my mental health was all over the place and my physical health too was terrible and I didn't realize it um, until after that fact that I also had very severe endometriosis and um, and then stress and everything else was just really compounding on that so I was physically aching my heart was aching everything was just too overwhelming and and you I look back at that time I'm like shit how <laughs> like how did I get out of that I know if there's anyone else out there listening who's just got everything piling on top and this is probably triggering as hell and I apologize for that but um stay with us I'll show you the the, the way out but it feels just like it feels like there is no way out it feels like it's just everything is wrong and the way I'd always tackle things was you know if I just if I work really hard, I'll get the thing and people will be happy and I'll be happy and let's all have a great time. But in this situation, I did all the things that I thought I was supposed to do and yet life just kept saying no. There were so many things happening that I was like, "How? what What did I do wrong? What? Why did this baby no longer have a heartbeat? Well, the doctors couldn't tell me. They literally had no reason. So I was searching for all the things that I might have done wrong, which was a terrible spiral. And then, you know, other family members, you know, why did why did they have to pass away? What what happened then? What more could I have done? Um, and then work was going crazy. And I was just trying, I'm like, but I'm doing all the right things, you know? And I just kept hitting walls and barriers and lots of no, and I just couldn't see the way out. And then I realized that I couldn't, I couldn't move forward by myself and I actually did need to reach out for help and that was a huge step for me because I'd always been incredibly independent and just decided to do everything that I wanted to do by myself and asking for help was a huge step and now that I've done now that I made that big step I ask for help everywhere in every single facet of my life and it's the best thing and people love to help which is what I've come to realize is Um, such a massive thing I always thought asking for help was going to be a burden on other people or was a sign of weakness but now I realize that asking for help is such a strong position to be and to be vulnerable and say I need you and people love to help they love to step in and there are people who are brilliant they were put on this earth to do the very thing that they are able to help you with and so I went then when I decided it I went in every direction I had a health coach I had a business coach I had went to a psychologist um, I signed up for things at the gym I had um, a cleaner come in and clean my house and we got a yard guy like I went everywhere I said okay let's break this out let's get all the help and let's give it a red hot crack because if I decide something I want want to do it 150%. And so that's what I did. But my focus this time wasn't on anyone else's goals. It was on me. And so the goal was make me healthy, make me happy, make me the best version of me. And I went at it, you know, probably a thousand percent. We just did everything and it was great. And the, the way I live my life now is very different to the way I used to approach things with a more of a hustle mentality and play by all the rules. Now I actually set my own rules and I put myself and my goals first and 
it feels so good, but I always worried that was this me being selfish? Am I greedy? Am I this? Am I that? And I don't absolutely not. Like I will confidently say that doesn't make me a selfish bitch. Like (laughs) this makes me the best version of me that then allows me to be the best for other people as well. And so even though I'm not, I'm actually spending less hours in my day in my work, I'm delivering so much more value to my clients than I ever would have beforehand. And now I spend, I'm not the, you know, the housekeeper of my house, but I'm there so much more for my family and my children. We spend quality time together rather than trying to do so much for them. I do things with them and it's, when I'm happier, everyone else around me can be happier and I can deliver so much more. So I think that massive shift um, changed everything, really. Oh, I just, first of all, I just want to hug you wholeheartedly. <laughs> I just remember that time so vividly, darling, and it was so hard to watch and witness. And it was it was just incredibly admirable to watch you crawl and find your way out of that hole. And I'm just sure everybody listening to this will just be reaching out with you with massive love and hugs as well. And I think what you said there is so pertinent, so powerful, that it is okay to ask for help. So many women in particular think they can have it all, which is great, but think that they have to do it all, which maybe isn't so great. When you say reach out for help, let's let's look at this from a logical point of view. You were already, you had your degree, you are already in a workplace to perhaps afford something like a cleaner, which takes so much pressure off us at home, particularly when we love a nice, tidy home. You also invested into psychology and a business coach. Uh, with respect, this is these are all costs and these are all things, oh, I wouldn't call them a cost actually, I'd call them an investment. Yeah. But for someone listening to this who may not have the financial capacity to invest in that, is there a way of doing this without having to invest so much financial or is there a way or a secret formula formula that you have that you could advise those that may not have the capacity or ability, could be a single mum, for instance? What yeah. would be your advice there? Well, I know that um, originally I didn't have the first clue of where to go and find a good psychologist and, I, and then even to the point where is, do I need a psychologist, a counsellor, a psychiatrist? I didn't even know the terminology to look up. So I actually went to my GP first and I said, I need help around all of this. Uh, I, and I just listed out the things like I'm feeling incredibly anxious about things. My, I can't sleep. I, can't, I listed all of my kind of my symptoms around what was going on. And then, um, and then also obviously off the back of losing our beautiful boy Oscar, the doctor was aware of all of that and then was able to qualify that I could get um, I think 10 sessions with a psychologist and so then there was um some payment subsidized uh I don't know there was a program so I'm sure that there are things that you can do if you go and see your GP first um there's also lots of other groups that you can um connect with and I think like also you know just for for young mums as well just that on its own even if you don't have um a, a trauma or something going on in your life and you don't have a business just being a, a young mum firstly is huge and i think all the emotions around that i would encourage people if they don't have their own networks to go and find those mothers groups that don't cost anything to be a part of but there are more and more groups popping up um i've even seen like 
uh, dads groups and men's walking groups and business networking groups. Um, so I'm a part of the Sunshine Coast Business Women's Network Executive as well. And, you know, for a small annual fee, there's plenty of connections and support that you can get from um, people who have been in similar situations from a business perspective. So there's a lot of that that you can do. But I also, um, when it came to paying for my business coach, so I will tell you, I think it was it was a significant investment. And I think in my bank account, I had just $200 more than what that first monthly investment was going to be. And I thought, no, I kind of believe in me. I know this has been me. I'm always, except for the time I was sitting on the kitchen floor and I just didn't think I'd ever get up. Generally, my go-to is the positive angle. I was, I'm always very optimistic. And I think, you know, I'm going to give it a red hot crack and what's the worst that could happen. So when I looked at the business coach, I really believe that she could help me. And so I emptied out my bank account, saved for a couple of hundred dollars and I paid her the first month. And I said, I really need this to work though, because if it doesn't, I don't know if I can pay the next month. And she said, well, if you're really um, willing to commit, I'm willing to commit, let's do it. And from then on, I worked with her for 12 months and I could always pay her bill and my bills because she was there with me and we just worked on it together and we made it happen. So that would definitely was a leap. And I, it definitely changed a lot for me in my business capacity. But I also think putting down the money and it was a significant investment, it really made me actually do things. I mean, if I'd thrown $20 at it and didn't really, you know, commit to it, I don't know if I would have worked as hard on it or been open to the change, but it was such a big like flip on all of the different ways or approaching business that it did actually changed so much and it was a really big learning curve for me but it needed me to fully commit and I had to make that investment work for me so um yeah so that was it wasn't that I had piles of money to throw at everything but what I did do I made sure it worked for me I just want to again take my hat off to you. So many people, you know, we can be given things for free or offer things for free, but I think you and I would both agree that any investment or some kind of energetic exchange through the form of monetary uh, ability is actually where you end up putting literally your money where your mouth is. And by having a little bit of a cost or some sort of investment, there is a level of accountability and a step up. So I'm just so glad you explained that because so many people go, I couldn't afford that. I can't do that. But when you're really willing to draw a line in the sand and step up out over and through the the things you're going through with Mm. that support and the ability to put your money where your mouth is, that's where the magic can happen. And you've certainly done that. And uh, just can we just touch on beautiful Oscar, Um, this this incredible story of yours, uh, you know, that beautiful, healthy, amazing little boy uh, who perhaps has taught you more than you could ever understand. Mm -hmm. Do you believe in a greater force, greater spirit, greater meaning behind such uh, tragic situations? Like how do we get, how do we even make sense of these kind of things, sweet Lizzie? Mm, and look, I think I've been searching and I was searching for well, what does this mean and what is it? Because I couldn't get any medical, logical answers from, you know, from the hospital 
I ha- then went searching for, well, what does this mean for my life and what can I learn from this experience? Because I wasn't content with just going, okay, well, that happened. What are we doing tomorrow? So <laughs> I had to, I, in for myself, I had to reconcile it with it needs to mean something for me. And I suppose anyone can can take meaning for whatever happens in their life and it can just become the cornerstone for what you do next. For me, it made me really focus on family and what was important and and recognise the people around me who who were there to support, who understand, who, you know, when everything hits the fan, what, you know, what do you, who do you want to be with? What do you want to do? What do you want your days to look like? Because this was really, yeah, it was, it shook up everything in our, not even my, just my life, but so many around us. Like we had people reaching out from all over the place with flowers coming in from people I would never have expected. And gosh, it made me cry so much just with people being so kind. And I think for this, it it focused for my husband and I. We we decided what it meant for us was that we were really going to focus on our family and our time that we have together, and never knowing exactly how long that will be. And so, making sure that we live every day feeling positive, happy. We um, really value experience. And so rather than filling our house with things, we'll try and book lots of lovely lunches and dinners and holidays and activities together and really doing a lot with our daughter Layla. And for a long time, we just thought we're going to be a powerful trio and we're just going to live our best lives and off we go, the three of us, we learn an incredible lesson and we're going to do everything together and it's we're going to have the best time, which we do. And then Layla kept asking for a sibling. And it <laughs> for a while I couldn't even answer the question for her. She's like, am I ever going to have a baby brother or sister? And she asked a lot of questions about Oscar when she was maybe four or five years old when she was noticing people at kindy had little siblings in other rooms and she was wondering why she didn't have any and and you know and where was Oscar because we have pictures on the walls and we have we openly spoke with her about it because I didn't want to hide it from her but there were some bloody tough conversations I'll tell you mm-hmm. but just for her beautiful little inquisitive mind just going why and and why not for her and then it yeah then I we had to do a lot of soul searching to go, are we going to try this again? Because obviously the the feeling is there. The thought is there. It's like, well, what if, what if it happens again and we lose another baby and can we've dragged ourselves out of this and we're in a great spot now, but could we do it again? Are we willing to try? And we realized that we were actually such a strong family unit having gone through all this together. And we made such great headway. We were in a really great position, um, full of love and happiness. And we thought, let's do it. If the worst does happen again, we can weather it because we know what, you know, we've been through here before and we know we're surrounded by incredible people. But I think of all the things and people will say, oh, wow, you're so confident, you're so strong, you're so, look at you, that strength in doing whatever business-related anything like, yeah, that's nothing on deciding if you're going to have another baby after what we've done. And we did it and we were so glad we did because now we have gorgeous, beautiful Jessica. And the the bizarrest thing, like, and this is probably just the way the universe or the other higher power is going to, you know, to serve up for us, but 
Jessie's birthday um, or her whole journey of me falling pregnant and then around her due dates and everything was the exact same time frame as what Oscar's would have been. So she was an April baby and he was meant to be an April baby and it was just so bizarre how it all happened. But the journey, um, I made sure that I had my health coach with me the whole time, being just the healthiest version of myself that I could be because because we didn't know what happened with Oscar, we don't know what it was that, you know, changed his the course of his growth and and just stopping his heartbeat. I couldn't do anything specific to to make sure that didn't happen. So what I could do for my own peace of mind was just to work with um, a health coach, a dietitian, and a mindset and a behavioral coach to make sure that I, you know, was doing all the things that I could possibly do Um, and then knowing that we went into this with all the tools that we could have at the time and now we have beautiful Jessie and I can't imagine our family without her now. We've got two girls and it just is so beautiful. I love it. Mm, Sweetie, I've been covered in goosebumps listening to your whole story (laughs) and it really is one of those remarkable comebacks. But it didn't just get handed to you, Lizzie. You put one foot in front of the other. You were the one that reached out. What I'm hearing is it doesn't matter what happens in your life. It's what you do with it and how you respond to that. And I think the one thing you've certainly inspired all of us in here is that you've got to keep showing up. But I imagine it's also okay to express your emotions, to feel the sadness, to go through the grief, to get the support you need through that time. We can't suppress it, can we? No, no, you can't. And I think I tried to for a long time and it just showed up in other ways, in in poor health and in anxiety and so many other things. And I think once I realised that I just had to sit in that emotion, release it, share it, that's why I'm so open with talking about this now as well because if there's anyone else going through similar situations it feels it is so good to share it with others and I find I found that my friends didn't know if they could ask me about it they didn't know what questions to ask they didn't know what to say and so I found that I just said to them hey if you ever want to know about it, you're more than you know, more than welcome to ask. I'm actually open to sharing because it's help, it's part of my healing and it helps. And from then, my my friends that oh wow, like we actually really want to know because we want to know how we can help you, but we didn't we didn't want to make you upset or we didn't know what to say, we didn't know what to do, so they kind of stepped back a bit. And I said no, actually come in and just be if you're if you're brave enough to listen to this story and and go with me um i will share everything and then you know we actually all have all become stronger friends because of that and we now, now they're open to sharing with me anything that's going on for them and i think the more we share and the more we're open about it the more we can actually move forward and if uh, what i did find though was um this really unusual experience so i went to do a hot yoga session um, I don't even know what time it was, but there was something I'd, I'd been bottling up emotions for a while and I decided I was going to get back in and do some really hot yoga that I loved to do many, many years ago. And at I did the whole session and I could just feel something inside me as I was opening up, moving my body and was sweating it out. And I was thinking and letting my brain just go wherever it wanted to go. And then I really enjoyed that session and I sat in the car and I actually just cried for about 20 minutes. It was just this really big release. And I then I, I it felt good. Like I, it wasn't sending me back into a sad space, but I just actually felt it unlock and release from somewhere. 
And then I went back again. I think I went maybe four or five times. And then the, the last time that I went, I actually laughed the whole way home. So I had c- kind of cleared out so much emotion. And I'm sure my husband thought I was crazy when I got home. I was like, you won't believe it. I just cried for 20 minutes in the car. Now I feel great. <laughs> He's like, so so you you good like yeah like, okay and then the, you know hey babe you want to believe it but I just like laugh like a maniac the whole way home <laughs> okay we're still good I'm like yeah we're, we're really good we're really good and so god bless him like he's followed me this whole way been an incredible support and um I like to think we're a stronger team because of that as well but yeah, definitely sharing letting that emotion out and and connecting with other people I think looping back to what we were saying at the start like life is about connection and relationships with people and communication absolutely facilitates that so powerful, sweetheart. I I especially feel for the men out there. They do think that us women are quite complex creatures, but that we're quite simple, really. A cry doesn't mean we're completely losing our shizzle. A cry means that we're releasing. That's what I always say. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and then to be there to hold us, hold the space. You don't have to fix it. And I think your darling husband has done that beautifully. And I imagine for him, he's had his own experiences and you've served him in the same way. Yeah. Is it the same for men? losing his son I mean that is pretty big for that beautiful man of yours how has he managed to get himself through this he's yeah he's been incredible and look the it was probably just a year before that he lost his mum as well so he's been going through a lot of grief around that time as well and it it was new for him to be feeling such emotion. He was not normally a, an emotional guy. He's definitely very much an optimistic, positive person, very social being, and this was new for him to learn. And so I guess we learned it together. We figured it out together. And I would say one of the you know the key things that's kept our relationship so strong is the fact that we are very open and communicate with each other about everything. So we talk through things that make us sad. We talk through frustrations that one, something you know, one another might be doing. Uh, we talk about everything together. And so we went through this grief process together, being so open and honest. And I said to him, like, look, I feel like I'm, I'm, I feel so guilty about this whole thing. And then he said, no, he felt so guilty. And we talked about all of this stuff together, really unpacking it and and being able to grow together and heal together. And I think that was such a big thing, but definitely also realizing when one of us needed more support than the other, we kind of shifted on who, who needed to hold and who needed to be held. And that only comes about when you, you can openly share with each other. Your girlfriends then, that inner circle of yours, most women would love to just reach out, hug, hold, do something for another woman in pain. Even women that we don't know that well, when we see someone struggling, it seems to be a natural thing to want to serve and help. As you discuss this openly, you've really hit a chord here around that communication, which is a theme today. But that communication, vulnerability, the courage, the bravery it takes to share your story. Is there a moment, do you think, when you know you're willing to share it? Or do you have to say, give me some space, I'll be back? How do you let your inner circle know where you're at? How did you let them know it was okay, apart from if they ever actually asked? Um, 
I think I must have felt that I was okay. I know there was certainly some times where we were invited to parties or to invite, you know, to go out somewhere with a group of people and I would hesitate just to think, how am I feeling today? Like, am I, oh, am I ready to see people? What do I think is going to happen? And I, I guess I, I think we had some some words or something to signal to the other that we might head home, like we weren't ready. But then there were some parties I remember going to, we had to dress up and do something funny and and I will, you know, hours and hours were spent there having a great time and I remember whispering to my husband, going, look how good we are tonight. Like we've been here for hours, aren't we going well? <laughs> look at us guys and I'm not even sad and I'm, you know, this is great. So I think it was just working out my feeling of, you know, what, how am I feeling and am, am I ready to face things? But then also I guess just finding a moment and knowing if if conversations got awkward or something happened and I would just say, hey, or someone would say something and actually accidentally say the word baby or um, I remember someone feeling so embarrassed because they said to me, oh, you know, baby steps and then going, oh, God, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean now I brought attention to it and they're just digging this hole and burying their head going, oh, my God, I've just upset Lizzie. I went, hey, it's okay. It's actually okay. You can, you can talk and you can say words and you don't feel like you have to, um, you know, put cotton wool around me. It's going to be okay. Let's talk about it. And they were like, oh, thank God. We just, you know, we, we worry because we love you and we don't want to upset you, but we also don't want you to feel like we're not talking to you. We just don't know what the hell to say. So I think it was just finding those moments and just I, I guess it was a courage thing too just to say, you know what, let's let's talk about it. And and I didn't apologise. I said, if we're going to talk about it though, I'm probably going to cry and you're probably going to cry. So as long as everyone's okay with that, well, let's dive in, let's go. <laughs> I think there's a little bit of credibility or a whole lot of credibility to come your way let's not underestimate the amount of work and self-work that you've done on yourself to get to that point. It is usually the person in pain that guides the direction for how that support comes. And mm. I do believe that it takes work to work through our grief, our pain, our sorrow, our guilt, our shame, whatever those feelings are that come up. And that's where, again, I want to reiterate, this doesn't just happen or is handed to you. This took a major uh, intentional step for you to ask for help, to get the help, and then be okay at, at saying how you felt in the expression of this. And that could cross over into business, in relationships, in even just going to the shops. When we communicate with others with an open heart and we're honest, authentic, real, whatever it is we want to say, then there is a beautiful opportunity for exchanges that you may not have even expected. You, I, I would say that what you've done throughout your whole life there's an underlying thread where you have actually learned the art of self-love, putting yourself first, understanding what's important to you. Even that question asking, how am I feeling today? How are we going to do this today? They're all acts of self-love. What yeah. would you say is your definition of self-love? I think um, for me, it's checking in with myself and then giving myself what I need before looking at how can I help others. And I, because I think when I wasn't coming from a place of self-love, everyone else's goals seemed to matter more than mine. Mine were able to happen if there was time at the end of the day. <laughs> when now I like to think 
you know, I have my own goals and my own desires and how I want my life to go. And so by waking up each day, my self-love is checking in on where am I at? What do I want to achieve and how can I do that? And then when I'm doing that, I'm then able to help serve others more if I if there's time at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> and you're probably doing it in a way better way anyway because you've already checked in on yourself. Absolutely. So I think yeah. it's powerful and such a beautiful lesson. There's mm-hmm. tools, though, that you've embraced. Mm-hmm. I'd love to think about it from your perspective. Apart from having the support coaches and, uh, you know, your GP and all the different things that you've tried, your girlfriends, mm-hmm. is there any other tools that you've used? It sounds to me like your health has been a massive part of this. So mm-hmm. feeding yourself the right foods, looking after your mindset, is there any things that you do on a daily basis that you would put under the category of self-care? Yes. So uh, some of them are the super basics, but honestly I have to remind myself every day and I'm sure not everyone does these anyway, but I have a big one-litre water bottle and I make sure I fill it and drink it three times each day. I make sure that I get my eight hours sleep every night, so I'm quite protective of my bedtime and um, I'm working out the nicest way to say this without, I'm just going to go and say it. My baby sleeps so well and I'm touching all the wood, but even with a six month old baby now, I'm still able to get my sleep in. So, um, but that has come from making sure she gets her right sleep and setting the environment, um, each night. So we turn the lights down low at nighttime after we've had dinner, the lights are low. There's no bright LEDs. We have a calming environment trying to get the seven-year-old to sleep, the six-month-old to sleep so that my husband and I can both get our sleep in so that we make sure that when we wake the next day, we're quite rested. Um, I have magnesium at nighttime to help that sleep as well. And to just help all my muscles and my body function correctly. And then I make, um, I actually really enjoy making my lunch for myself every day that actually chopping up my salads and making my meat and my eggs. I actually feel like this is a nice little routine of my self-love practice of making my nourishing food so that I'm set for my day at work because it is, without going through those practices and doing those things, it's so easy to get swept up, particularly in this um, PR and comms social media world. Everything's so fast paced. I could absolutely Uber Eats myself um, food and coffee and all sorts of things and say yes to all the events and have all the champagne all the time. But I know that that doesn't serve my body and I know how that I don't ever want to feel that terrible endometriosis, bloat, brain fog, anxiety, all of those things that used to plague me all the time. I know that if I can have these sim- these routines every day with the water, the food, the sleep. Um, and also there's meditations that I do as well. There's some that I just say to myself in my head and there's others that I would look at on the Gaia app um, or also on Spotify as well. This is so powerful. And I'm going to add to that, anyone listening, you know my love of essential oils. You can put a drop of lavender on your pillow. You can put them in the bath. You can use chamomile, marjoram, any of those. I know you've used them in the past. And I just think that they are just another little additive to aromatically anchor in all of these beautiful rituals. Absolutely. I almost forgot they're in my office right behind me here. (laughs) 
Inspiring is on at the moment. (laughs) I love you. I love you. I knew you would. I just think that they're just such a wonderful way to anchor in the positive association to creating rituals that really do embrace the art of self-care. You are an absolute trailblazer. You are someone who is just so firing on all cylinders and yet really connected to the real essence of what's important people, relationships, communication, connection, all of these things, beautiful Lizzie, you have now combined with your beautiful um, friend, uh, past tutor into your business. Could you just tell us a little bit about what that is in case a businesswoman or man is listening to this and thinks, I actually could do with someone like her who gets the personal and the professional elements of running a business? Yes, of course. So we're only a few weeks in for our um, merge into Sunny Coms, um, but it's been a few years in the making. And obviously, um, we mentioned so Peppy Buetti and I have known each other for a decade at least, um, back to my uni days and working together uh, on a few global client projects. So now the next logical step was to merge together. And uh, that also part of that for me was knowing that. I had planned out this whole year of 2023 of, or even 2022 of being healthy, falling pregnant, um, carrying this baby, uh, then the time that I was going to spend with my baby and my husband now taking six months leave to care for our baby Jesse so I could then come back to work and merge the business. When I looked forward to 2024, I knew that I had to put some things in place to make sure that life wasn't going to spiral out of control again with a a little walking toddler running around the place. So when I looked at um, the opportunity that came up with Peppy to merge, um, I took my business, The Organised Creative, and merged it into Sunny Comms with Peppy as part of the broader team of the Sunny Advertising Group. So now we are the comms team that does uh, public relations, social media. We also work on email marketing, websites, content writing, Essentially, anything that requires um, corporate storytelling and the methods to deliver that, that's what we do. And then we work in partnership with our other teams and departments. There's Sunny Digital who cover all sorts of digital marketing from Google through to Instagram and TikTok. And then we have our beautiful media team who who cover the media buying for traditional such as TV, radio, billboards and the like. So we're now part of a a much bigger team. Um, We have great capability. We're based in Maruchi and we cover local clients but also national we've got some nice big brands that cover Australia wide and into New Zealand and into the next year we're just looking to grow bigger and um, yeah we've got a a team of four in the comms so far but we've got a actually building up a nice little wait list of people who want to come work with us because they like the way we approach business and clients and life so we are yeah onwards and upwards from here looking for a nice big growth. I just would love every single person on here to ensure that no matter what, even if you don't think you need these people in your life, follow them for the inspiration. (laughs) What are the socials, sweetheart, and your website? Have a look um, on Instagram. You can find us at at Sunnycoms and our um, our social media manager, Jade, does some hilarious TikToks and reels and all sorts of things. So have a follow there. You'll also find us on Facebook with the same handle and LinkedIn. And um, our website is actually under construction because we are just fresh in this merge, but you can find our contact details via sunnymedia.com.au. 
moneymedia.com.au. Got it all down. I'll make sure it's in the notes. Oh, sweetheart, I have loved our conversation this morning, let alone we haven't even gone into the Sunshine Coast Business Women's Network and all our love of all those beautiful women in that environment. But it is an absolute delight to let people know that if you're ever on the coast, we always welcome guests from out of town to any of the Sunshine Coast Business Women's Network events. You are very welcome to be a part of all of these things whenever you visit the coast. And I can promise you, you will get warm welcomes from all of the beautiful team and also the members. So thank you, you beautiful soul. If there was a final message for the Beautiful Self Love Podcast listener, Mm -hmm. and maybe you could integrate your favorite quote for you right now, what would your final message be to this beautiful soul? Mine is a bit of a, a like a mantra, a, a piece that I like to live by. And I think I heard it or adapted it from a client that I worked with. And it's around the premise of courage before confidence. It's a little adaptation, I guess, from, you know, fake it till you make it, because that never sat right with me. Um, but the courage before confidence to step in and do something before you truly feel confident in doing it, because that's where the growth and the learning is. And if we're all honest with ourselves, we can always come up with a reason why we're not not actually confident. Um, But if we just find three seconds of courage to step in and do something new, to try something, or just to back ourselves, even just three seconds and take the courage, then you will build the confidence along the way. So that's what I have scribbled on a notepad in front of my desk for so long. And it's something that I like to tell my clients too, when they're feeling all the the emotions and the nerves and the excitement around launching a new product or an idea or getting in front of a camera. Um, It's just that courage before confidence. That's what we need to focus on. You are one hell of a woman. I have loved today's stories and information. You guys also have a podcast, don't you? Can you tell us also, is that the one with the Sunshine Coast Women's Network? That is correct. Yes, I'm actually about to jump on a recording for that one too. So the Sunshine Coast Business Women's Network does a podcast called I Don't Know How She Does It. (laughs) Yeah, we interview phenomenal women around, yeah, how do they do all the things that they do? And it's, yeah, it's been actually such an honor to be able to host that show and to, to talk with all these people because as you know I do love a chat and I do love to dive in deep and, and um, hear people's stories so we um, are only just fresh to the podcasting game I think we've done a handful of them we're looking to just roll out one a month at the moment and we haven't quite filled out our full year yet so um, but yeah jump on have a listen there's some really great stories in there some incredible stories. As I've mentioned already, love you dearly. I think you're incredible. And I've really, really enjoyed sharing your magnificence today. Thank you so much for being on the Self Love Podcast, beautiful Lizzie. Absolutely my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family. And head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.